He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Amen. May God bless his word. And uh, Mark's now going to come and introduce compassion. Thank you. Good morning. Good response. For you, for many of you, this might be the first time you've ever heard about compassion. For many of you, you came in there this morning and said, oh, not compassion again. It happens every two years at this particular church. And I hope and pray that every one of you today will have your hearts and minds opened as to the message that has been given to you and the challenges that are given to you this morning. Sometimes we have rubbish years, sometimes we have good years in our life. 1986 for me was a year which was life-changing. I got married and that was relatively significant. The, uh, in that process, my wife and I did this marriage preparation course and one of the things that we were asked in that preparation course is how are you going to contribute to, like as an agreed couple, to Christian work in your marriage? And so we were thinking, geez, between our parents contribute to about 30 different ministries. And we go, we couldn't do that. We'd actually done a budget, and this is true, we had a discretionary spend on our budget of $1. And, uh, and so we said, well, we'll have to pick one. And so we decided we'll just wait and see what God reveals to us and how he speaks to us. A little bit later, we had a talk from a compassion representative that came to our church. And it was the first time I'd ever heard about compassion. And with it, my wife, Carl, and myself had just clicked and thought, yeah, this is it, but we don't have any money. And so we can't do it. And so we thought, but we want to do it. God works in mysterious ways. About a month later, I was at another church and we had a talk on faith promise giving. And faith promise giving is when you give even though you don't necessarily have. Not to be stupid about it, but to turn around and say, we give in faith because God provides abundantly for us. And so we sponsored our first child. Her name was Cyrene. She died in a revolution in the Philippines a few years later. So we thought, well, at least she had the opportunity to know that someone loved her, that she had Christian teaching and education, and we hope that one day we'll meet her in heaven. In 1988, we sponsored this young man who's actually dressed in a girl's dress. And uh, you will see out there today, your compassion um, children are dressed rather well. No longer do compassion allow boys to be presented in girls' dresses or to be dressed as poverty-stricken children. They're actually shown up well in their profile photos that you see there. His name was Agasandi. As we discovered about 10 years later, his name isn't Agasandi. It's Asagud. And uh, I still refer to him as Agasandi because that's how I spoke about him for 10 years. And this particular young man, he, um, as I said, in 1988, we sponsored him and he was the lowest of the low in Ethiopia as far as um, poverty is concerned. And um, family destroyed and um, just living just in ways in which we in our country here cannot understand. If we can move on to the next photo. This today is his child. The poverty cycle can be broken. And it can be broken if people of means stand up and say, I will make a change. Let's look at the next photo. This is his wife and family. They could be in Australia. He now owns a house. He has $500 US dollars left to pay on his mortgage. He runs a business, he has a mushroom farm, we communicate by emails. This morning you'll be challenged so that children across the world that are currently today praying, saying, someone, please help me, next slide, can end up like that. I now introduce Dean to you from Compassion This Morning who is going to present today's message. Let's have a big hand for Dean. 
Good morning, church. I just had to make sure that my microphone was muted while the singing was going on. Or everyone would be wondering, what's that noise coming through the system? That would have been me. Hey, before I start this morning, I just want to show us a, a great clip that Compassion has created called Sienna and Praise. If we can play that clip, thanks. that has come from having our kids sponsor kids through Compassion is that they've got a relationship and um, with a child who lives in a completely different part of the world. Yeah, seeing it firsthand, just a small yeah. investment can change their whole family's circumstances. And it's not just the money either, it's the writing of the letters and building that relationship and that connection and just what that has done for my own children. Tomorrow I'm going to meet my sponsor sister Praise um, and I'm really excited about it. I think I'm going to see some of the giraffes and zebras in my backyard. So good. 
I just want to thank uh, Pastor Daryl and the team for giving me an opportunity this morning to be able to share with you some of the work that Compassion is doing around the globe. And whenever I watch that clip of Sienna and Praise, I'm always reminded that one of the things that I love about Compassion Ministries is it makes the joy and impact of being a sponsor and changing somebody else's life on the other side of the world so achievable no matter what your age or stage in life. From the elderly to the young, everyone can make a difference in somebody else's life through sponsoring a child. And look, I've actually got a few goals in mind for today. There's a, a number of things that I'd love to achieve. The first thing I'd love to achieve is just to uh, thank you, who, those who are sponsoring, and, uh, and also to let you know about an exciting new project that Sunnybank Baptist District Church is taking on in the nation of Indonesia. Uh, I want to introduce Compassion Ministries to those who might not know about the work that we do. I want to minister the word of God to our hearts this morning. But most importantly, I would love to see some children sponsored today. And that poverty cycle broken over their life in Jesus' name. So buckle up and strap in because we're in for a great morning this morning. Who's ready for a big morning today? Who's ready to have their heart enlarged and expanded? Who's ready for encouragement? Who's just feeling hungover and ready for coffee? <laughs> Saw Pastor Brennan there looking around, so you responded to that one, setting up a few pastoral appointments for this week. Oh, this one, thank you. So who are Compassion Ministries? That one. <laughs> I'm quite used to these clickers, as you can tell. Who are Compassion Ministries? Compassion Ministries is a Christ-centred, church-based, child sponsorship program that's been releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name for over 65 years. It began in 1952 by a man named Everett Swanson, who during the Korean War went and... How was it working? Next slide, thanks. Right now, we go back. It's okay. We'll work it out. Everett Swanson, uh, he went to the, Kore the American troops during the Korean War in 1952 uh, with the purpose of preaching to the American troops. It was his first time out of the country. And while he was there, he was confronted by the devastation that the war had created. And he saw multitudes of orphaned children in the streets. And so while he went there to preach the gospel to the troops, he walked away from that country with this incredible sense and burden from God saying, now that you've seen the devastation that this war has created, what are you going to do about it? So Everett Swanson went back to America and raised $1,050, which he took back to Korea, which rescued 35 children out of poverty. And so Compassion Ministries started at that time with 35 children and it has grown since 1952 right through to last year where we had 1.8 million children sponsored through Compassion Ministries all over the world. But as impressive as 1.8 million children sounds, it's still always about the one. That one more child who tonight is going to bed hungry. That one more child who without intervention from someone like you, someone like me, will be stuck in that, that generational cycle of poverty. One more child who's praying and believing for a better tomorrow. So if you are sponsoring a child with Compassion Ministries, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your support. But not just from us at Compassion Ministries, the children say thank you. The children honestly are so grateful and their families are so grateful when they find out that they have been chosen to be sponsored. And I'd just like to take a moment just to let you know some of the impact that Sunnybank 
District Baptist Church is making around the globe. Because you guys are sponsoring 181 children at the moment, which is huge. You are doing a fantastic job. And these are just some of the faces of some of those 181 children. And as we look at these children, I want us to understand and remember that those 181 faces, that represents 181 lives changed. That's 181 God-given destinies released in Jesus' name. It's 181 children who were praying for a sponsor who had those prayers answered. And it's 181 parents who now have a new future and belief for their children of what they can do and where they can go. So we just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing. You really are making a difference in Jesus' name. And I actually have some more children with me here today from a region in Indonesia called Joanna. And Joanna's on the island of Java, the, the main populated island of Indonesia. And this is actually, Joanna is actually a, a, an area that Sunnybank Baptist Church has, has chosen to have a strategic focus on. So the children I have with me today, they all come from this, this city called Joanna. And there's four projects in that area. And so all these children come from that one place. And one of the great things about focusing on a region, focusing on an area and having lots of children uh, sponsored in one place is it actually gives an opportunity for a field trip. And I believe they're, they're, there's one getting planned for 2019. So I really encourage you to get involved in that and, and be a part of that uh, because honestly, I... I love missions trips. I don't know about you, but I love missions trips. Some of my greatest faith-expanding moments have happened while serving God on a missions trip. I remember one year in particular, I was in the nation of Indonesia with a, a team from my church, and we're in this city called Lamajang. And Lamajang is a, was a quite a large city of a million people. And, and we're driving through town in this little, little minivan, and... Right in the middle of town, there was this massive big billboard, like, like huge, like as big as that screen like you see on the side of the highway. And on this big screen in the middle of town was this sign that said, boom, banned from Australia. And I turned to our Indonesian host and I said, oh, have you got a band from Australia with you? He said, yeah, that's you. I said, but we don't sing. We don't play instruments. He said, yeah, I know that. I'm just using you to draw the crowd. <laughs> and so the night came. He had organised this youth rally in this city. And we were in a hall. It was a big hall. And honestly, there would have been a thousand young people jammed in this hall that were so excited to hear this band from Australia. And so we got up, petrified, but thought, OK, we can do this. And we got up to, to sing and you could just imagine it, that everyone was clapping and cheering and so excited and then we started to sing. The clapping got a little bit slower. The crowd got a little bit more quiet. And honestly, by the end of our first song, you could hear crickets and there was tumbleweeds blowing across the stage. And I was looking at my, our host, our Indonesian friend on the front row, and he was laughing his head off. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world because he knew that he actually had a band from Indonesia that were coming up straight after us. So they came up and got the crowd up again, and God did great things, and it was a great time. But, oh, honestly, it was so funny. But mission trips, they, they, they cause you to expand and, and open your worldview to how God can actually use you. And look, just so you know, a compassion organised trip will be a little bit more organised than that. We, we won't throw you in the deep end like that. You'll actually really enjoy everything that compassion does to organise that trip for you and with you. But just to give you a bit of an idea of what life is like in that area of Juana in Indonesia, 
is that these children from this area, they come from a mountainous community of around 300 people that live in that area. They live mostly on green bananas, which are up there are called plantains, mixed with potatoes and rice. That's their staple diet. And the most common health problems in that area are influenza and typhus. And most adults there, if they have a job, they earn around 80 US dollars a month. There is electricity in their community. There is a healthcare service. They've even got a telephone. But their greatest needs in their community right now is education for their children. They're trying to get schools started in that region. They're trying to get an education for the next generation coming through. And that's where Compassion Ministries is coming in. Because when you support a child, not only do you give them nutritious meals, you also give them medical care, health care. You give them schooling. You give them Bible studies. You, you, you introduce them to a local church. You give them everything they need, school resources, pencils, books, the whole do everything is supplied when you choose to support a child through Compassion Ministries. So your, your money really does make a huge difference when you choose to give. But as I mentioned before, the finances, it's, it's only part of the picture of what happens when you support a child with Compassion Ministries. And as you saw in that clip with Sienna and Praise, the finances are only part of it. The other half is the relationship that gets built between you and your sponsor child. Because everything about compassion is about building a relationship. And it's so important for a relationship to be built with these children because poverty says a lot of things to these children. Poverty says you have no value. Poverty says that you are expendable. Poverty says that you are stuck in this cycle and there is no way out. But then compassion comes along and introduces these children who are stuck in this cycle to a sponsor. Someone like you, someone like me on the other side of the world who begins writing letters to these children and saying to them, I believe in you. I, I believe God's got a great future for your life. I pray for you every night. I know in our family... We sponsor two children. We sponsor Victor in the Dominican Republic, who's 14 years old. And we also sponsor uh, another girl in the Philippines who's six years old. Her name is Princess. And my daughter, Zara, my daughter, Zara, is 10 years old. And she writes our letters to Princess. She gets online and, and types up these letters. And, and I read one of her letters uh, recently. And she was writing things like, Princess, I love you. Princess, I pray for you every night. Princess, this is the Bible verse that, that I've been praying over your life. Princess, I hope to come and visit you one day, but I'm not sure when. And princess, you're a shining star in my eyes. Never forget that. And when I think of these letters that, and read these letters that my 10-year-old daughter is writing, I think she is developing a heart of discipleship for the nations through this relationship. And you might think, yeah, settle down, champ. It's, it's just a letter. You're having a proud, proud dad moment. But I think, how did Paul, the Apostle Paul, communicate to so many of the disciples in the early church? It was through letters. Letters that said things like, I'm praying for you. I hope to visit you soon. But if I'm delayed, remember the word of God says this about you. Remember what the future that God's got for your life. So it really is a great relationship that gets built between the sponsor and the children that helps them change the way that they think. And it helps them change the way that they think. Like my friend, Jonathan Almonte. This is Jonathan Almonte. Jonathan works for Compassion Ministries. He's, uh, he's from the Dominican Republic. So he's a really cool guy. He's like Caribbean cool. And you can see me there trying to be like white guy cool beside him. Not really working. But Jonathan works for, the, uh, works for Compassion Ministries. 
But his story began very differently. Jonathan's story began with his mother as a young teenage girl in the Dominican Republic who got a job in a cafe and literally worked there 24 hours a day. She would eat any leftover food and, and wash where she could. And she literally slept on the tables in the cafe at night time. And there was a married man who visited that cafe frequently who had an affair with this young teenage girl. And Jonathan was a result of that affair. And as you can imagine, being a married man, he, he put a lot of pressure on her to have an abortion, to try and cover up this mistake. But praise God, she stood strong and refused to have an abortion. And Jonathan was a result of that. So Jonathan and his mother grew up in great poverty and great despair. But at six years old, everything changed for Jonathan. Jonathan was identified by the local pastor in his community as a child in need and was introduced to the Compassion Program where he was sponsored by a young 24-year-old girl in America named Jamie. And Jamie began writing letters to Jonathan and, and sponsoring him and and so things began to change for him. And at 14 years old, Jonathan met with his father and asked for his blessing upon his life. And for you and I, we might think, that's just crazy. What, why would you want to do that? We would think, you want nothing to do with me. I want nothing to do with you. But we need to understand that in South American culture, to receive the blessing of the father is a very big deal. So Jonathan attempted to receive that from his father and he met his father on the side of a highway because his father didn't want him to know where he lived. And he said to him, you will never receive my blessing. You are the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. And you can imagine as a young 14-year-old boy was shattering for him. And while he was still processing these thoughts of what his father had just told him, he received a letter from his sponsor, Jamie. And in that letter, she wrote the words, I'm so glad that God has chosen you to be in my life. I believe in you, Jonathan, and I pray for you all the time. And something clicked in Jonathan's heart that day. And so he got involved in his local church as a leader and he got involved in Compassion Ministries as a leader to the point where today... He actually leads a, a leadership development program that has got 19,000 young people in it, aged between 12 and 22 years old, being mentored and, and loved and developed to become community leaders. And he's actually got a goal of next year seeing 22,000 young people enter into that program, become leaders in their communities. And Jonathan contacted his father again and he said, you know what, you called me your biggest mistake. I'm going to become the greatest mistake you've ever made in your life. And I just love that. I love that, that when we get involved, it really does make a difference. And I wanted to share that story with you today about Jonathan and Jamie to ask you this question. Whose life is better today because you are in it? Whose story has changed for the better because you became involved in it? What's their names? How have you impacted them? And the reason I ask that question today is because when I look across this room this morning, I see a room full of people who have the potential to change lives and the potential to make a difference in somebody else's world. And the reason I believe that is because I believe that every follower of Jesus, every Christian has, number one, the power of the Holy Spirit within them. And number two, the resources of heaven available to them to steward well. Our job is just to realise the potential that God has placed within us and get that out of us. 
So I've called this message today, release the increase. And it's based on our, our Bible reading today from Matthew chapter 13. And the reason I want to talk about this this morning is because I'm convinced as, as believers, born again believers and spirit-filled Christians, we really are only scratching the surface of the potential that God has placed within each and every one of us to make a difference. I believe there's a whole lot more in us than we realise. And I can just imagine Jesus sitting around a campfire one night talking with his disciples and describing this to them in the, the, the parable of the mustard seed, where he said to them, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it becomes the largest of garden plants, it becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And whenever I read this passage of scripture, one of the first things I see is that God positions us for growth. Like he says in verse 31, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. In other words, the farmer took this plant, this seed, this mustard tree seed, and he planted it in his field. In other words, he, he positioned that seed exactly where he wanted it to be. See, we can't confuse this parable with another parable in the, in the Gospel of Mark, which talks about a sower of seed who just throws seed around all over the place and some landed on good soil and some landed on, on rocky soil and hard soil. No, this is, this is a farmer who planted his seed in his field on purpose and for a purpose. And I believe it's the same for you and I. God wants to plant us in the centre of his will. God wants to plant us in a place where we can grow to a place where we can help other people. God is into establishing and planting. Like Psalm 92 says that those who are planted in the house of God, they will flourish and produce fruit even in old age. Psalm 68 says, those who, who are lonely, God sets, he plants, he establishes in families. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, for if anyone is found in Christ, planted in, established in Christ, they become a new creation. God is into planting us and helping us to grow. And look, I'm no gardener. And I'm no farmer, but I know that the positioning of a plant is crucial to its health. I learned this a while ago when my wife and I decided to do a, a bit of um, landscaping in our front yard, a bit of renovating with our garden. And so we went to Bunnings to buy our plants and we saw this plant that we really liked. And then we had a look at the little tag on it. And the tag said that this plant was apparently full shade. And I thought, surely that's a suggestion. That's, uh, that's just what they have to say. Because where we wanted to go was apparently full sun. And so we took that plant home and we planted it in the middle of our front yard. And honestly, it's looked incredibly ugly ever since. Every time it tries to grow some new shoots, they just get burnt off. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why don't you dig it up and shift it? Oh, well, I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. But every time I see that plant, it reminds me that sometimes we find ourselves out of position where God actually wants us to be. And we put ourselves in places where we were never designed to flourish. But if we just read God's word, listen to God and be led by him, we will be positioned and planted in his field right where he wants us to be. And why does he want to plant us there? Because number two, because he causes us to grow. Verse 32 says this, Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree. If you've got your Bible with you this morning, I want you to highlight those, those words, yet when it grows. Not if it grows, not hopefully when it grows, but when it grows. 
And I want you to highlight that this morning to encourage you, church, that God's plan for you is growth. God's plan for you is not to stay as a small seed of potential all your life. He, his plan is for you to grow, to become a large tree in the garden. But one of the things we need to remember is that for that small seed of potential that's within that mustard seed to grow into that large tree which was designed to grow into, one of the things that we need to remember is that seed It needed to endure all seasons, month after month and year after year. There would have been times in that seed's life as it was growing that was summertime. You know those seasons where growth is easy. There's plenty of rain, there's plenty of sunshine, the the leaves look green and everyone says that plant looks so healthy and it's growing with very little effort. But then comes wintertime, when the rain dries up, the leaves fall off, and the tree looks pretty ugly. But underneath the surface, below ground level, where nobody sees, that tree is actually pushing out its roots. It's pushing to find that subsoil moisture that it never had to push for before in the summertime. And its roots are going out in all directions, which is establishing a foundation for it so that the next season of summer, which rolls around again, it's going to have more strength to be able to produce more fruit above the surface. And I want to encourage you with that this morning, church. There's times in all of our lives when we have winter seasons and we have summer seasons. There's seasons when it's, it just seems to be easy growth in God. You know those times when, when whatever you pray for just seems to work. Whatever you, you, you want to see happen, it just, it just seems to unfold. And, and you think, oh man, I'm God's favourite at the moment. This is fantastic. And if you're in that season right now, praise God for it. Maybe you're in one of those seasons where, where everything's going great for you, where your Facebook It's full of statuses like hashtag blessed, hashtag God's favour. If you're in that season, fantastic, enjoy it. But remember, it's just a season. I hope it lasts a long time for you, but it's just a season. Or maybe you're in a winter season. Maybe you're in that season where it's just hard work and you feel like everything you pray for is not happening. And you read the word of God and you're believing for things, but you're not seeing them happen. I just want to encourage you that there is stuff happening below the surface where nobody else sees but your heavenly father that's building a foundation in your life for the next season of growth. So if you're in that winter season, I want to encourage you. It's okay. It's just a season. Your fruit will come again. Your your blossoming and your summertime, it'll come again. Which leads me to my third point. That God plants us in the right place, positioned in him, in Christ, and causes us to grow. Number three, causes us to grow for a purpose. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of a garden plant. It becomes a tree. Listen to it. So that... The birds come and perch in its branches. God's plan for you and I is to put a seed of kingdom potential within us. To position that seed in his will, in his word, in Christ. To cause us to grow and endure many seasons so that the birds of the air can perch in our branches. In other words, so that you and I can become a place of blessing and refuge to others. Honestly, church, we need to have a so that attitude attached to God's growth and favour and blessing in our life. Because when we lose that so that attitude, we can find ourselves in a winter season a little bit longer than God had planned us to be there. But having to, to help us get that right. We need that so that attitude. 
You want to know more of God's word? That's fantastic. That's a good thing. Why? So that you can be more known for your knowledge? Or so that you can help others who are still learning? You want financial blessing on your life and praying for God to bless you and and prosper you, your business to grow, your finances to grow. Fantastic. That's a great thing. Why? So that you can help other people. So that you can be a blessing and pour it out on other people. You want to develop your gifts and talents and know the calling of God on your life. Great. Why? So that you can bring change and release the kingdom of heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to grow and release that kingdom potential, release that increase within us to cause us to grow, to become those large trees. Talking about a place of shade, talking about a place of refuge, talking about a place of safety, talking about being blessed and growing so that we can pour out blessing upon other people. Imagine a church. Imagine a church with a so that attitude towards everything that God blesses their life with. Which leads me to my original question. Whose life is better because you're growing? Whose story is better because of the blessing of God on your life? Who's finding rest and protection and shade under the blessing that God has put on your life? What's their name? What's their story? Because that's where Compassion Ministries comes in and gives us a a, a very real and achievable opportunity to be a blessing to somebody who needs protection, who needs blessing, who needs somebody to watch over them. I've heard it said in Australia, we might not have everything that we need. So we might not have everything that we want, but we have access to everything that we need. We are a blessed people. We have so much. Honestly, church, if you are earning more than $37,000 a year, you're in the top 4% of richest people in the world. We are a blessed people. And look, just to give you a glimpse or a bit of an idea of the kind of impact that you're giving and your sponsorship and relationship can have, I just want to show you a clip about Jennifer, a young girl in Kenya. If we can play that clip. Jennifer Gitiri and I'm from Kenya. Growing up with a single parent in the slum was very, very difficult for me. Really living hand to mouth because if my mom went to look for employment or even wash other people's clothes, if she came in the evening with a dollar, that's what we would use to buy a meal and eat at that particular time. If we wake up tomorrow, there's nothing to eat, then we'd take a glass of water and run to school. But Compassion, I opened a project at a church near our home and for the first time as a young girl I saw hope. Compassion provided for everything. They gave me books. When I was sick, Compassion would pay for my medical care. And I'm also thankful to my sponsor who was very, very encouraging. You know, just writing letters of encouragement telling me that you can make it, you can do it. Your past should not determine your future. I believe my sponsors were God-sent. When we wrote to Jennifer, it was important to let her know that we really cared about her. I just said what a mother would say. You know, we're so proud of you. We're so proud that your grade card is good and that you've done such a good job. I remember vividly our neighbor's child was raped. The child was 10 years. And these were the kind of things that I saw growing up that really made me decide to be a lawyer, someone who could speak for the rights of those who cannot speak for themselves. 
the beginning of this year, I joined the Kenya School of Law so that now I can be admitted into the bar and become an advocate in the High Court of Kenya. This summer, I went to the United States of America to, to be an advocate. I shared passionately about my story and how my sponsors had made a difference in my life, and they were brought on stage. Here they are. It was life-changing just to, to see those two people who'd sacrificed their resources, who used to pray for me, who used to encourage me. So for, for me to see these two people was, was just amazing. Compassion gave us the opportunity to reach halfway around the world to rescue one little girl from whatever the future might have had in store for her. It makes me cry all the time when I think of how far God has brought me, you know, from the ditches of poverty to this. Today I am here as proof that indeed compassion releases children from poverty in Jesus' name. My children will never live in poverty. My children will know the word of God. And when I look at the package and the compassion booth, my heart is broken because 17 years ago, my face was in that packet. What a great story. I love that story of Jennifer. From lack to provision, from brokenness to wholeness, from lost to found. And all because somebody was willing to give her a chance. Somebody had a so that attitude towards the blessing of God upon their life. Just like Jamie. Just like that family. And as I mentioned before, we've got some children from that nation of Indonesia. Some children like this guy. His name's Raphael. Raphael. Raphael's eight years old and he loves riding his push bike and playing soccer. And Raphael's been waiting more than seven months for someone to sponsor him. He's been praying and waiting seven months for somebody to sponsor him. And as we mentioned before and saw before, many of you are sponsoring children already. And thank you. Thank you so much. I don't think you'll ever really understand this side of eternity, what that really means. Maybe you've got room for one more in your family. Or maybe you haven't started sponsoring yet. Today could be that day. And so I just want to give you that opportunity. We'll be out in the foyer uh, with a, a number of children just like Raphael. And we'd love to see you out there. Come and say hello. Thanks, church. Thank you. I don't think there's any better way to finish the service. Let's just pray and then we'll all rush to the tables to make sure we sponsor a child. Hey? Let's just close in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for the work of compassion. Thank you, we have opportunity to make a difference. Thank you, Lord, that you are stirring people's hearts even now. And Lord, this is not a difficult thing for us to do in Australia. I know there's some people who can't do this. We're not judging them. We're not thinking them any different, Lord. But we have an opportunity. And so, Lord, for those of us who can, I pray that you'll stir our hearts to sponsor a child today. Lord, we can make a difference. So many people ask, if there was a God, why is there still poverty? If there was a God... Why is there still suffering? And the answer is, you've chosen to use us, but some of us don't hear you. Some of us don't respond. Don't let that be the case today, Lord. You have poured abundant blessing on us so we can be blessings to others. And Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us, whatever we're facing this week, that you will be present with us, that your face will shine upon us, that you will give us peace, that you will lift us up, that you will put others on our hearts when we need to pray for them this week. I pray that next week, we will come back here and celebrate 
the incredible things that you've done all throughout our weeks. The Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go to the compassion table. Do what you need to do. Stay for a cup of tea or coffee. Be great to get to know you a little better. Thank you. Out of the ashes we rise There's no